Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners. And it's designed to get us into God's Word for about 12 minutes each day in our busy schedules, and thereby to help us think about our spiritual needs, our souls, our relationship with God. And when we're studying God's Word and we're thinking about along those lines, well, we're going to have a better frame of mind to be able to tackle the day, whatever the day may throw at us. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their thinking and the way that they live, who need to turn their lives around, to start thinking about their souls, their spiritual needs, and also their relationship with God. Share these short studies with them. You may help somebody turn their life around, get on the right path that ultimately will lead them to heaven. You may make a profound difference for eternity for somebody just by starting to share these short studies with them. So we encourage you to do that with your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, your friends, literally anybody and everybody. Do it on purpose and with a purpose. Share with everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But make up your mind and share these studies with everybody you can. We're moving on, asking our question, has man outgrown the Bible? In our culture today, have we outgrown the need for the Bible or have we become so smart now and so sophisticated and intellectual that we have come to realize that the the Bible is not true, that it's just made up, that it's just a bunch of myths thrown together, that it's out of date, outmoded, old-fashioned, that it's really of no benefit any longer? Is that where we're at? In our culture, our society, our nation, the world? Is that where humanity is, mankind in general? Have we outgrown the Bible? Well, of course not. The answer to all of those questions is resoundingly no. There has never been a day or an age in the history of mankind in which we did not need the Bible any more than we need it today. There is all, in every day and age, mankind has needed God's word. And if there was ever a time, and I know we could say that in any generation, during any period, on any day, if there was ever a time that we need God's word, this is that time. And how desperately we need for humanity, for people, for our nation, for our culture, our society, to turn to God's word. It is the only way to deliver us from the wickedness, the evil, the violence, the hatred, the sinfulness that has just become the way of life for such a huge percentage of the people in our country today and around the world. No, we haven't outgrown the Bible. We need that roadmap to heaven. That's the place of eternal life, where there is no more sickness or sorrow or pain or suffering or crying or dying. That's where 
The very presence of God and Christ illuminates the entire city. That's where we can pass through the pearly gates and walk the golden streets of security and blessedness forever and ever. We need the Bible to guide us. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 6 and verse 23, For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. We need the guidance of God's word. Now, some people think, I don't want all those thou shalt nots. I don't want all those restrictions. I want to be able to live the life that I want to live. I want to make up my own mind and do it my own way and go about life however I want to. Well, you can do that. God does not make you follow him. He does not make you read the Bible. But he does communicate to you in his word, the scriptures, the Bible, that his way is the way of eternal life. And that if you decide to turn your back on him and you decide to not follow the way that he has laid out for you, the best way that anybody can live with the greatest happiness and fulfillment and sense of achievement and ultimately with the greatest hope, that's up to you, but you'll suffer the consequences of not having done so, of not having followed him through his word. The Hebrews writer wrote in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, talking about the power of God to change lives. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Oh, yes. God's word, like no other book ever written or any other philosophy that mankind has ever devised and taken up, God's word has changed lives more profoundly and more abundantly and more numerically than anything else that mankind has ever found on its, on its own. Wherever the Bible and its teachings prevail in the lives of humanity, that place has become better. It's become better. It's transformed. We need God's word. We truly do. As much as or maybe more so than at any time in the existence of mankind. Life is not meaningful without God's word guiding us. The Bible is able to make us complete. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17. Its message fills the void in every heart. And oh, how we have those empty places in our lives when we're not living by the teachings of God's word. When we're just living through the ways of the world, trying to make our own way through life. Paul says God's word has the power of God and the salvation within it. Romans 1 and verse 16. It can translate us or transform us it can move us from the power of darkness, of sin, into the kingdom of God's dear Son, Colossians 1 and verse 13. You know, an American skeptic visiting Africa one day came across a native of that land reading the Bible. And he told that native, over in America, people no longer read that old book. 
Well, he was certainly misrepresenting the facts. People read the Bible all the time. Maybe in his circle, people no longer read that old book. But it's interesting, the response of that native. After this, American skeptic said, people in America no longer read that old book. The African said nothing for a moment and then responded in broken dialect. This book teach me not to eat you. (laughs) Was that a message? Was that profound? This book teach me not to eat you. I imagine that American skeptic was glad that that native African had learned that profound truth of humanity, of goodness, of righteousness, of godliness, so that he did not eat that American skeptic. Would the writings of Hume or Voltaire or Ingersoll or Paine or Russell or Madeleine Murray O'Hare have had such an effect on that cannibal? I doubt it. I can say almost certainly, no. But the Bible did. The Bible changed his way of thinking and his way of life. A stewardess came down an aisle asking what each passenger wanted to drink. Several in one row said, make mine a martini. Coming to the next seat, she noted a man with an open Bible. Somehow it seemed inappropriate to her to ask a Bible reader if he desired a martini. So she said, tomato juice, sir? He later observed, Now, what other book could I have been reading that would have changed a martini into tomato juice in the mind of that person looking on? Robert J. Morgan relates the story of the Bible, relates the story of the Bible of the Bounty. The English ship Bounty, commanded by Lieutenant William Bly, journeyed to the South Pacific in 1787 to collect plants of the breadfruit tree. Sailors signed on gladly, considering the voyage a trip to paradise. Having no second in command, Captain Bly appointed his young friend Fletcher Christian to the post. The bounty stayed in Tahiti six months, and the sailors, led by happy-go-lucky Fletcher Christian, enjoyed paradise to the full. When time came for departure, some of the men wanted to stay behind with their island girls. Three men trying to desert were flogged. The mood on ship darkened, and on April 28, 1789, Fletcher Christian staged the most famous mutiny in history. Bly and his supporters were set adrift in an overloaded lifeboat, which they amazingly navigated 3,700 miles to land in Timor. The mutineers aboard the bounty immediately began quarreling about what to do next. Christian, Fletcher Christian, returned to Tahiti, where he left some of the mutineers, kidnapped some women, took some slaves, and traveled with the remaining crew a thousand miles to uninhabited Pitcairn Island. There the little group quickly unraveled. They distilled whiskey from a native plant. Drunkenness and fighting marked their colony. Disease and murder eventually took the lives of all the men except for one, Alexander Smith, who found himself the only man on the island surrounded by an assortment of women and children. Then an amazing change occurred. 
Smith found the, the Bounty's neglected Bible, and he read it. He took its message to heart, then began instructing the little community. He taught the colonists the scriptures and helped them obey its instructions. The message of Christ so transformed their lives that 20 years later, in 1808, when the ship Topaz landed on that island, it found a happy society, living in prosperity and peace, free from crime, disease, murder, and mutiny. Years later, the Bible fell into the hand of a visiting whaler who brought it to America, but in 1950, it was returned to the island. It now resides on display in the church in Pitcairn as a monument to its transforming message. You see, that's the power to change lives inherent within God's word. And not just to change lives, to change cultures. Let's pray. Father, the world so needs your word right now because it needs to change its culture. We pray for your guidance to make that happen through your word. Please, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.